Hello and welcome to this Hot Topics podcast from NB Medical and Medcast. This podcast is part of a series based on the popular Hot Topics workshops and webinars. In this episode, our expert speaker, Dr. Simon Curtis, discusses the recent developments in managing blepharitis in general practice. A copy of the Keep It Simple summary, or KISS, on this topic is available on the Medcast Downloads page. If you'd like to learn more and or register for one of our nationally delivered face-to-face workshops, please visit our website. Dr. Simon Curtis introduces Paul, a patient presenting with painful red eyes. Paul is aged 40 and he comes to see you with persistent red, sore, scratchy eyes. Paul is really troubled with the symptoms of his eyes, which he keeps getting. And on examination, he's got red inflamed lids, they're a little bit crusty, some scleral injection. He's tried some eye drops from the pharmacy. Two of your colleagues have twice prescribed him some topical chloramphenicol. So this is not a difficult diagnosis, it's blepharitis, but what is difficult is knowing what to do about it and how to manage it. There's recently been a profusion of guidelines on this, including in Oz from the um, therapeutic guidelines latest update from this year. So the first learning point for me, or learning about blepharitis, is actually there are two different types, and it's very useful to clinically distinguish between the two. There's the anterior blepharitis, where it affects the outer margins of the lids where the lashes emerge. This is usually due to staphylococcal, it's seborrheic, and it's more common in younger adults associated with seborrheic dermatitis. And you see these little flaky bits in the edge of the lids. And then there is posterior blepharitis, which affects the inner margins of the lids. And you see these little lumpy bits on the inner margins of the lids. And this is secondary to meibomian gland dysfunction. And these are patients who get meibomian cysts, calazion, um, and also patients that have dry eyes due to meibomian gland dysfunction. This is associated more with contact lens wearers, also associated with acne rosacea, other things which cause drying of the eyes. You know, so that curious side effect of HRT, isn't it, that can sometimes cause eye dryness. And I had a patient on HRT who's just developed this condition for the first time. But that is posterior blepharitis. Both types can coexist. Now, the reason why this is so distressing for patients is although the signs of blepharitis are often fairly minimal, symptoms are really pronounced, and that's why it tends to be very distressing for patients and why patients get so upset about it, particularly when it's recurrent. So what do we need to check with Paul? Obviously, ruling out important differentials such as cellulitis around the eye, making sure he hasn't got keratitis, there's no significant photophobia, for example, and checking whether he wears contact lenses or not, because these can contribute to meibomian gland dysfunction and increase the risk of secondary infection. So he needs to have some time away from his lenses. And to check that he's been doing the eyelid hygiene. And there's lots of guidance out there. 
I always thought when I was a GP trainee, being taught for patients to clean their eyelids was baby shampoo, I always thought was rather weird advice. And every patient I've ever suggested to to since looks at me as if that's a bit weird. Um, But there's no real evidence for using baby shampoo. It does, and there is a risk, potential risk of putting detergents in the eyes. It does still feature, though, in the ETG guidelines as a hygiene measure, particularly for patients that have got a lot of flakiness in their, uh, around their lashes. But any sort of cleaning of the lashes is better than none. And it's actually easier to do now with these commercially available wipes and things that you can get as well. Um, And then what should we do next then for Paul? Well, looking at the latest Australian guidelines, lid hygiene measures and warm compresses. Second line is that if standard courses of topical antibiotics have been ineffective, then to try topical chloramphenicol twice daily for up to six weeks, so a much, much longer course of topical chloramphenicol. And if that doesn't work, then to go to oral tetracyclines, doxycycline, either in the low acne rosacea dose of 50 milligrams or the bigger dose, 100 milligrams for four weeks in patients who are pregnant, breastfeeding, other contraindications, erythromycin. And if it still doesn't go away or get better, then even longer acne vulgaris type course of uh, tetracycline for up to eight weeks is then recommended. So in conclusion, with blepharitis, it's a very, very common and troublesome condition. And I found these papers and guidelines very, very useful and given me a lot more confidence in managing it. And in particular, it's useful to make that clinical distinction if it's anterior, posterior or mixed. Lid hygiene is essential for both, but cleaning the scale off the eyelids is more important for anterior blepharitis and the hot compresses with the meibomian gland dysfunction are more important for the posterior blepharitis. If symptoms are not improving after a couple of weeks of this, then six weeks of topical chloramphenicol. That's the recommendation in the latest therapeutic guidelines in Australia, totally in line also with the similar guidelines here in Europe, and then to consider four weeks of oral doxycycline as a second-line treatment. I found that incredibly useful um, uh, advice and has really can work extremely well. But if that doesn't work, even a longer course of acne-type course can be very, very beneficial. Prevention of recurrence, it's a recurrent condition, is really, really important advice. So once it's better, explaining to patients this is a recurrent condition, so continuing that eyelid hygiene is really important. And dry eyes contribute to the problem, so eye treating dry eyes with lubrication. Particularly for the anterior, making sure to try to control their seborrheic dermatitis and for posterior acne rosacea. And if they've got persistent cysts, then to consider a referral for surgical removal. Thank you. That was Dr. Simon Curtis from Oxford University in the UK presenting the latest updates on guidelines in treating blepharitis in primary care. 
You can download a copy of the Keep It Simple Summary or KISS on Blepharitis on the Medcast Downloads page. If you would like to learn more about the Hot Topics series of workshop, webinars and podcasts, please go to our website at www.medcast.com.au forward slash hot topics. Thank you.